How important is the Eucharist to Jesus himself? I want to address a infrequently discussed but very important topic within the Mass and the Eucharist. And that is the role of silence when we come to church, when we're at Mass. Why? What's the rationale? Well, I would begin with a distinction between sacred spaces versus profane spaces. What's the difference? Well, profane has this connotation of not reverent, not respectful. It's casual, right? We can just understand that, for instance, a movie theater is a profane space. It is not a sacred space. It is not a holy space. And so when we come here, we ought to intuitively understand that coming here is a sacred space distinct from different profane spaces that we see anywhere else. And therefore, when I come into a space like a church, and what makes a church so special? Well, it's basically our Eucharistic tabernacle, Jesus, Eucharistic Jesus in the tabernacle, and the fact that we have an altar where the holy sacrifice of the Mass is represented every single time we have Mass. Which is why we have our entrance gathering space, you know, also called the narthex or vestibule. And so what that ought to immediately clue us in, once we enter into the church space, it ought to immediately communicate, I am passing a threshold from a profane space into a sacred space. Why the role of silence? Well, silence gets our attention, and we see that silence is even demanded in profane spaces. So I don't know if any of you have ever watched golf live or perhaps you've watched elite golfers on television. I grew up uh, really being a big fan of Tiger Woods and watching him. And if you know anything about golf, you know, you can have a, a following, you know, you can have all your fans, uh, your golf gallery there. But when you're about to tee up, Absolute silence is demanded, right, of anyone who's going to be, so that lest you be a distraction to the golfer. And in fact, if you know anything about Tiger Woods, he would give you the death look if you did anything to distract him. You know, you make any type of no noise, or God forbid, if you try to take a picture while he's preparing to tee up, he will start coming after you and you would not want to mess with Tiger Woods. So what we're trying to say here is that even in profane spaces, right, it's demanded. Silence is demanded. Why? It's like, don't be a distraction to the performer. We also see this in performing arts. You know, if you go to the opera or classical music, or perhaps like a much more common example is pre-COVID, if you ever went to the movie theaters, I don't know if you've ever experienced someone who kind of obnoxiously will talk continuously throughout a movie, right? It's really obnoxious because we're really trying to pay attention, right? There's something happening up there and you're kind of ruining our experience. So what I'm trying to say here is that we have different experiences even in profane spaces, circumstances where silence is demanded, right? And the fact that we need to be silent 
it gets our attention because it's not normal, right? Normally, there isn't like this enforcement of silence. But what it does is it immediately communicates to me, something's happening, be quiet, pay attention. Now, if that's true for profane spaces, how much more should that be present when we enter a sacred space, when we come into the presence of Almighty God, the Eucharistic Jesus in the tabernacle, and when we, like now, because there are times we can enter church but Mass isn't happening, but when we come here also in church and Mass is happening, it's a double significance all the more reason for us to be able to practice that silence. And distinct from those secular profane spaces where basically people are spectators, right? You know, they're not necessarily involved. They're just merely uh, watching what's happening. We are not spectators. We are proactive agents in what happens at Mass, right? We're entering into that living sacrifice, the one holy sacrifice of the high priest, Jesus Christ. But by virtue of our baptism, we, through our common priesthood, are supposed to share. So what we do and how we live the Mass really has an impact and influence in the Mass experience. Which is why if we have this mindfulness of this distinction between sacred spaces and profane spaces... It makes sense why we would avoid unnecessary talking. Perhaps a good analogy is to consider the Eucharistic Jesus or the action that's happening in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass of, think of like an infant Jesus, a baby Jesus. Now, if you've ever been in the presence of a sleeping baby, you want to exercise a respectful silence lest you disturb the baby. And so you're attentive to that. And so if we could have that type of same cognizance of recognizing I'm not in a movie theater. There's something different about when I enter into a church. So my behavior should be really different than even coming into a movie theater. And the practice of silence is a skill. It's not enough just to know like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense. I should be quiet. But, you know, if you're like me for the first, I don't know, 17, 18 years of my life, where my experience growing up in the Archdiocese of Chicago, I'll leave the church unnamed, but it was not an inspiring experience. Everywhere that I went, whenever I went into this church, it was kind of like a circus, you know? And so what that communicated to me as a young boy of, well, this is just like going to the movie theaters, but worse. It's not even entertaining. You know, my experience of math is boring. Why are we coming here? It was not inspiring at all. It was only when my parents started taking me to the National Shrine of St. Maximilian Kolbe, where they have 24-7 Eucharistic adoration, and it is a tremendously beautiful, majestic, regal space. And it was a completely different atmosphere. Even though I didn't know much about the Eucharist at that time, I enter into that space, everyone is silent. There is this reverential silence, and it communicated to me like, wow, nobody's talking. Something must be happening. This must be a special place because we don't encounter that type of thing elsewhere. And so we want to create that type of culture to communicate to others and not a nonchalant experience of kind of like a circus. 
But it's a, it's a skill, you know? If I had been in a bad habit for all those years, being accustomed to just speaking nonchalantly as if nobody's here, it requires practice, that skill of actually practicing silence, of actually practicing avoiding unnecessary talking. So skills are not acquired simply through cognition or through knowledge, but it has to be practiced. So the more we practice silence, the better we get at silence. So exercising that ability to live out silence at mass. So we might ask, how mindful am I of the Eucharistic Jesus in the tabernacle and the Eucharistic Jesus that becomes present at the altar after consecration? Whenever I come into church or at mass, Or just to be able to honestly ask, Lord, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well do you think I do in terms of avoiding unnecessary talking? Do I understand what's the rationale for silence and avoiding unnecessary talking, right? It's not just this arbitrary rule, but there's a rationale behind it. And to what extent do I understand that rationale between a sacred space versus a profane space. And so I leave you with that question which I began with. How important is the Eucharist to Jesus himself?